Number 113. You're not superstitious, all right? <laughs> 13's all right? <laughs> all right. Welcome back to another episode of This Korean Life. Uh, number 113 featuring Chris Edwards. Chris, welcome. All the way from Waterloo, Ontario. We've got three Ontario boys in here today. Congratulations, by the way, on the, on the recent publishing of... Is that your first independent novel? That's correct. That's correct. Yes. Far Flung. It's a sci-fi thriller. Sci-fi adventure, yeah. Sci-fi adventure. It's uh, it's pretty good. I I worked my way through it this week, uh, a lot quicker than uh, than I would have liked to have read it. But it uh, it was good, man. It seems every uh, every time there's a there's there's a ray of light and like oh they're gonna they're gonna be okay boom you know they're hit with another crisis or something a, a very thrilling book i really enjoyed the big uh, question i i have to know reading through the book you have so many references and so much scientific background knowledge is this just something that you've accumulated over years of Oh, I don't know Star Trek or 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 Star Wars or was there a lot of research that went into the into um, behind this? Um, a lot of it is just from watching Star Trek. Mm, okay. Um, well, do we have to retake? Do sure. I, yeah, yeah. Want to take that again? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of it's from just just uh, a lifetime of yeah, of being of, in. The, so yeah, a lot of it is just from uh, watching Star Trek. Mm. Uh, and um, reading various Wikipedia articles. Not a lot of deep research. Mm. Um, I've, I've read like a brief history of time and a few okay. other pop science books. Sure, sure, sure. But no, because um, the <laughs> no na- deep research. Sure. Well, I mean the name, the name of your ship. <laughs> I, I thought I was like, oh, this is interesting. How do you spell it? Teresh Tereshkova. 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 I had to Google that. I'm like, is this is this someone's name? And that, as yes. you mentioned before, it's, it's the, a the first woman in space. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, even uh, where uh, the the idea of your book is that they're sending the civilians or whatever to um, mm. to the next development to another star system. To another star system, and you mentioned Tau Ceti. Tau Ceti, is which a, which is a real it's yeah. a real place. Uh, Twelve light years from uh, Earth's solar system. Yeah, and sitting. In, I mean, it's similar to our sun. It's one of those. What do they call it? Like the the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. If if there's a habitable planet, it might just be there. Mm. Sure. Mm. Yeah, I mean your your knowledge of the ship vocabulary and and everything. I was like, whoa! But anyway, it was uh, it was a nice read. Going going back to the very beginning, what maybe through your childhood or upbringing maybe led you down this path of, of being interested in science fiction and and the kind of fantasy stuff and mm. how, how, maybe. Tell us a little bit when you were young growing up, maybe how you got into this stuff or what maybe led you to go down this path. Were you watching NASA NASA launches and stuff? Astro Boy? (laughs) (laughs) I did it. I did see the Challenger explode in my class in my classroom. Sure, um, they wheeled the TV set in that day. Yeah, um, but no, they, um, Star Trek: The Next Generation started syndication right about the time 
I was uh, an impressionable young boy. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's probably the biggest influence. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool. Uh, one something that really sparked my interest in in outer space and in space travel and whatnot. Uh, the first thing I can remember was watching Apollo thirteen. I remember watching that, just going like, "Oh my, is this this was a real thing?" Do you know the Apollo thirteen? Yeah. They, they go up, they have a problem. They're like, "Okay, we got these ten items." We gotta make a the, an oxygen filtration, set and they plug it all. You know, they're using duct tape and and plastic bags, and they, and they end up saving the guys. That the the real story is even crazier than the movie makes it. Really, look. really. Yeah, they they really had to MacGyver that thing. Yeah, that's awesome. And even something else on on top of that, one of the engineers, her name was Judith Love Cohen. One of the uh, are you familiar with this? One of one of the NASA engineers. Judith Love Cohen, w- w- very instrumental in helping bring them back down safely, is the mom of Jack Black. Ah, uh, okay. Jack Black, the actor. Mm. Pretty cool, eh? <laughs> you got to call your mom. Mom, what did you do? <laughs> what did the you- Apollo missions just came up a bunch the other day there. Well, they, they had the moon landing. Uh, they were broadcasting when yesterday. Must have been either during my trip back or as soon as I arrived. Mm. They were broadcasting the live landing of the moon moon what's it lander rover, whatever yeah. it was rover and they brought up you know 50 60 years why now what's changed what's different and uh yeah i think cool if you're the kids in school now seeing these things like the race back to the moon and, and whatever else that man yeah i think it'll pique a lot of kids interest sure no doubt what what about going through how, how old were you when Star Trek came out? I want to say 10 years old. Okay. So through middle school, high school, yeah. you you got deeper and deeper into the space stuff? Or yeah, I, I, were you already writing by then? or um, Writing really basic stuff back yeah. then, yeah. I like um, in your, uh, I mean, living in Korea. You've lived here for... 20 years. For 20 years, okay. <laughs> so living here, you find lots of uh, uh, lots of problems, especially 20 years ago. W- with communication, there, there's language barriers and whatnot. I like in the in the book, you've explained the difficulties that arise when two different, mm-hmm. uh, two different, in the book, species, but I mean, it, it can be, there's parallels here as well. Um, did your struggles here, Kind of, yeah, kind of help yeah. influence some of those, uh, some of those situations. Yeah, um, and in actually, in some of the earlier drafts of this, I had it much more difficult for them to mm. to speak, and I had like um, it, they had to work through like syntax and grammar and get really technical with it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just stopped the story dead. Sure, so. <laughs> I cut a lot of that out. Sure. Now, when you're when you're writing the story do you uh, do you plan it out i i imagine it um if you're watching like a csi or like a detective movie they have all the pictures on the wall and they're like drawing uh, drawing lines between them and, and putting strings are you doing it like that or are you writing in a way that where you're putting your characters in a situation and then challenging challenging yourself as a writer to get them out um i had two or three distinct scenes yep. that I knew had to happen okay. before I re- wrote anything. Okay, okay. 
Um, like one of them is uh, just a quick example. Yeah. Uh, one of them I knew somebody was gonna jump out into space without a spacesuit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's inspired actually by two thousand one, a space Pretty odyssey. Okay. Um, and I know you could possibly survive up to thirty seconds. Okay. And I wanted to try to use that. Cool. Mm -hmm. I knew that was going to be in it. Nice. So I had these scenes. I knew this is going to be in there somewhere. Yep. And I just got to, okay, okay, I have this basic story idea, lost in space kind of idea. And then I will have these two or three scenes. I definitely want in there. Connect the dots. Yeah. Somehow. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And there, there's a couple of situations. I, I mean, that I would imagine... I don't know, and I, I actually, I'm very interested to know if they were kind of reverse engineered. Did you have the end, and then you're like, oh, damn it, how, how are we going to get that? Uh, and the two examples I'd, I hope you can explain are um, Clark, Kate, Clark takes control of the, of the fighter ship, and they're up against the, uh, up against the bad guy, the Dark Nebula. And you, it's quoted. I got it here: the impenetrable armor and devastating firepower. Again, you know. Yeah. Did you know how that's going to end? Or did you, you know, or was it like, oh, we got the small ship versus the big ship. What are we going to do? Uh, well, this is a plan, plan Z. This is a spoiler yeah. I don't want to give okay. away. Okay, okay, okay. But I knew, um, I knew pretty early on how the quote unpenetrable armor was going to be not so impenetrable okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> there goes my pronunciation sure, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I fumbled it too <laughs> impenetrable um, impenetrable there you go. <laughs> um, but um, uh, yeah I had to, to figure out how to work that into Very nice. the scene cool 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 and I think maybe you've kind of explained already trade language Oh yes, trade language. This, this, this was an evolution. You said originally it was grammar and syntax and whatnot, and you kind of cut that over. Well, I said, um, yeah, that these different species developed an intermediate language sure. yep. that they could use as a step between their uh, language of origin mm -hmm. and uh, talking to other species. Sure, mm -hmm. you. Uh, you did a good job too. Of, mm. uh, there, there was one one line. It was talking about, uh, or humans are maybe the only species that communicate with their eyes, and that was something that the the alien species couldn't. Mm, I think it was more the aliens noticed that they could communicate. Humans can communicate with their eyes. Mm. I think that, that was it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't necessarily something they hadn't seen before. Yeah. Mm. In general, I like the the humans in your story are very human. Like they they have very distinct. Uh, elements that that are human, you can feel the. I mean, just when when they're hanging out together, looking at the stars, like oh, it's a very human, a very human thing, and it makes you reflect on how how we're maybe unique or different than than the other people in, yeah. uh, in the story. I'm glad that came through. Yes, was that part of the? Uh, yeah, um, plan. It, it's a lot like. Um, I know how some atheists talk about spiritual experiences yeah. in terms of. If you look up in the, at the stars and you feel something inside you, yeah. even if you don't believe in religion or whatever, mm -hmm. the feeling you have when you're looking up at night, that could be a spiritual experience. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I tried to get that into the writing. Oh, you, 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 you mm -hmm. smash it out of the park with that. Mm -hmm. uh, another, <laughs> another very funny uh, element is when the, mm -hmm. the, the, 
I, I can't remember which character it was, but her body is being scanned. Maybe Lee? Yeah. She's she's getting her body scanned. And like the aliens are like trying to just figure out generally what <laughs> what's going on with humans or how to fix her or something. And she's like, oh, you, you can't scan my body. And the yeah. aliens like, what the hell's wrong with you? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, no, no, exactly. no. But I'm human. You can't just do that. And, and I had the... The image of you know going to those airport scans where you stand yeah. like this and it does the full <laughs> the full three sixty of you. Just got a couple of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We humans are not supposed to be seen naked. Uh, don't just show a picture like that. Sure. We have a thing about that. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Um, the uh, can you explain jump tech? Maybe maybe oh. as a maybe as a kind of uh, an, an incentive to okay uh, for sure. people who want to read so, yeah. um first of all as far as real physics goes it's impossible okay uh, <laughs> that's not a spoiler sure, sure. um no it's um it basically um uh, so space is big to mm. get from anywhere to anywhere takes a long time sure uh jump tech would a uh, jump drive would mean as I wrote it, mm. it would mean um, you could get from point A to point B instantly. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. Is that like a warp speed? Like a kind warm, wormhole. A wormhole kind of yeah. deal. Mm. Cool, man. And is mm. the Alliance the USA? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are they the Space USA? <laughs> I don't think intentionally, <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> it seems like it, yeah. Or, or um, old school UK, maybe. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just just cruising around in space, like try, trying to eliminate everyone and and, uh, and take over. It's pretty good. <laughs> what were some of the obstacles you faced writing or developing or going through the process of writing this book? What are some things that popped up that maybe you didn't expect or that you found hard to get through? Figuring out which kind of writer I am. Am I the kind of writer who can plan everything ahead and then write a first draft, second draft, third draft? Um, am I the kind of writer who can spontaneously uh, just write on the seat of the, you know, by the seat of my pants? And the answer is somewhere in between. And it took me many, many tries to figure <laughs> out um, how um, I could work from uh idea through the various drafts to the end mm. did you ever do a rewrite zach the you know zach he introduced us um he said uh, a proper rewrite is throwing everything out and starting <laughs> with a blank page were there were there any of those for you were you courageous enough to burn it burn it all and start again i think yes there was one Jeez. complete rewrite oh my god and then but then after that, everything was um, editing. Cool. Yeah, okay, okay. What can you give us like a time frame or the timeline of start oh, to this finish story? Start start to finish on on making something like this. He did it is over it, Solar Holiday. No. <laughs> well, no. This story, is this a ten year project or? Yeah, this story was this story's yeah about ten years actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I'm trying. The sequel, yes, there will be at some wow. point. Very nice. uh, and I'm trying it, to make it not take 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's a huge learning curve, the first yeah, one, right? I mean, now yeah, it should be a lot more curve. smooth sailing. Um, but yeah, um, I tried to serial, serialize it and release it in chunks. Yeah. That did not work for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so I took all the little chunks offline and kept them to myself. Oh, you published them online already? I did publish them and then took them all briefly, down. and then I took them back. <laughs> Some people have had huge success doing that. I know. Early in, uh... I, I won't diss it. Yeah. It just wasn't going to work for me. So this is part of the trial and error process of finding yeah. out how and who you want to be. Yeah. You're, yeah. The whole thing, start to finish, almost ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How do you don't you lose? How do you stay motivated or or keep the energy going for that long? Or is it work on it for a couple of weeks, take six months off, or how how uh, often are you getting back to it to work on it? I've uh, well, I've had a lot of luck come into play there. Um, so this uh, publishing group uh, that did the uh, anthology, the writing block, which is now called Dusk. Dusk bound. Um, so, writing block had this um, these anthologies, mm-hmm. uh, and I submitted my short stories to them and got published. And they they posted on on their Facebook group. You know, uh, we're considering publishing some novels oh. with our uh, anthology authors. Um, if you have a novel wow. novel length idea. Shoot it to us, and huh. we'll see. Nice. So I drew up a proposal for Far Flung, mm-hmm. uh, the idea that I had been working with at that point for about eight years. Yep. And um, they said yes. Awesome. <laughs> How, at what stage were you when uh, you did this at eight-year mark or whatever? How? I had a rough <clears throat> draft. That at, at, at the very least, it was... A complete story from beginning to end. Sweet. And I would say that's the barest minimum you need if you're going to contact a publisher. Publisher. Mm. Cool. And so mm. once you got that, how does it? How does that process work? Um, Do they give you timelines or deadlines yes, you have to meet? Did. And how does that? How and does any that good publisher should. Um, they they gave me a timeline. They said, okay, we need uh, a draft from you by this date, and then we're going to return edits to you by this next date, and then you return this next round of edits by this next date, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Is that like writing papers Mm. in university where you're like, oh, shit, I got two days. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's very much like that. Ideally, that's not how you want to be working probably (laughs) under the pressure, but I don't know. That's how I got my my best work done. It works for some people, I think. Yeah, yeah. The deadlines make a difference. Sure. Very much so. If it's an open-ended thing, you don't... (laughs) <laughs> you know, you don't know what's the, where the end is. But, but I wonder if that waiting. if that if that tells something about like your your passion or your how much you really want it. I mean, if somebody said do it and I really wanted it, I would do it. <laughs> but clearly, I don't want it, so I just keep pushing <laughs> it back. <laughs> but I, I, again, back to the master's days, they're writing papers like crazy, and I, man, I need the eleventh hour there, just right at the end, and then I can I can sure. type like a machine. But now I I read through your book. I got it early this week and had to had to blast through it amongst work and, and other things um <clears throat> for someone who goes over it a second time or for someone who's reading it the second time are there any easter eggs or hidden details that uh i might not have caught on the on the first one is there anything any any plants in there that maybe will come up in the sequel oh um not really because i don't yet know what's going to happen <laughs> in the sequel okay, okay. Um, uh, much like um the stage is set yeah for the for the sequel um, much like when uh when lucas finished 
uh, the original Star Wars for the first time, he didn't have a clue. Perfect. What was going to happen yeah. next? Hey. <laughs> he, he made it all right, didn't he? <laughs> he yeah, it worked out, didn't it? <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's good. I like. Was, uh, <laughs> but yes, I do have an idea now. Right. Nice. Did you did you receive any feedback or or input from the publisher that you didn't agree with or, or uh, that you found? Hard to adapt or incorporate into what they wanted. It was interesting. That yes, I um, It wasn't really a a big complaint or a contention, but it was interesting. I I, I thought my work, I thought my writing was going to get into like kind of dark or gritty areas, and my publishers kept saying, "Well, you know, this is kind of wholesome." This is kind of cozy and wholesome. Is that the vibe you're going for here? I said, and I looked at the script again. I looked over what I wrote, and I said, okay, I guess it's kind of wholesome. (laughs) (laughs) And I realized, oh, wait, the vibe I'm getting is not the vibe I had in mind originally, Mm. but okay, let's go with it. Uh, (laughs) I thought thought it was a little gritty, no? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the opening. The opening is pretty gritty, yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's the <laughs> I, 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 opening opening gritty, but the ending uh, it it reminded me almost of a, a stereotypical uh, Tarantino movie. It's like, it's like a, a culmination of intense, suspenseful, you know, violent events that end up uh, resolving themselves in a satisfying manner. I guess. <laughs> so, had the writing block not offered you that opportunity. <laughs> Do you think you'd still be working on it now? Or were you into high gear then and said, let's get this thing done on your own already? Mm-hmm. Or is that something you think might have taken a few more years still? Yeah, I might have shelved it for a few more years and come back to it probably. Uh, yay for deadlines. <laughs> and how, and how, how, how would you or how did you initially see it as, as uh, searching out a publisher? Or, or how do you normally do that as a writer? Okay. Um, so I had to... Is it like anybody who will, who will listen or... Yeah, I had I had shopped uh, the idea to some indie publishers before, and yeah, you search them up. Uh, there's some websites. Uh, there's one called um, the Submission Grinder, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty popular. Is that for gay books? And that one's free. Uh, there's ones that aren't free, but I don't condone the ones that you have to pay for. You shouldn't right. have to pay. Yeah. Well, they, um, should be, they should be paying you a full Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, okay. But yeah, um, you, you, query the, you query them or you say, hey, this is my idea. Or uh, if they will take, if they say, and you have to be careful here, you have mm. to look at what they will, they say on their website. Mm. If they say specifically, yes, you may send us your draft. Right. Mm. Then and only then do you send your draft. Mm. Uh, they, if you send a, an unsolicited draft, they just go. Right yeah, in, right in the yeah, just they'll just delete it. Uh, Have you tried that before? And um, is this from experience? Or? Never, never heard back. <laughs> yeah. oh, interesting, cool man. Well, anyways, it got uh, it got done, and I bet it's uh, it's a it's a real load off your shoulders once that's uh, once it's done and dusted. And now, I mean, you got a you got a hard copy here that must feel like a yeah. You put yeah. a feather in your cap there. It feels good. Yeah, this is my proof copy. Beautiful. I love the. Do you have a say in the cover art and whatnot? Oh, it, Mike. Uh, so one of there's five people on the publishing team. Okay. 
one of them is a professional cover designer. Cool. Um, and so she designed this. Um, and so I, I saw some of the stock images she drew from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she uses like Photoshop or Illustrator. Mm-hmm. These yeah. all these different tools sure. to put the different elements together. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, this this cover has the Tereshkova the, with the rings, the rotating rings yeah. uh, above a frozen blue planet. Yeah. Um, and I love it. I love it very much. And so, yeah, uh, she designed that for me. It's wonderful, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, her name's Kate Helen Platt. Mm-hmm. And she's gone on to design. She's, she's, keeping, she's designing incredible covers now. Yeah. <laughs> And she did some interior design that's really cool too. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got. <laughs> I haven't seen the hard copy yet, so you got some. Uh... Yeah, every chapter has oh, a black nice. page with white cool. text. Yeah. One, one black page with white text. Oh, I like it. Yeah. At the beginning of each chapter. <laughs> Wonderful. When, when was it released? It, it hasn't been yet. It hasn't been, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, it will be released on March 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on when you hear this episode, <laughs> I'll put it up probably tomorrow if, oh, okay. uh, if, if possible, yeah. <laughs> depending how, if I got some time to edit tonight. Yeah. So depending on when you, the listener are sure. hearing this, it's yeah, yeah. out or yeah. it's still coming. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Very nice. What, uh, as a writer, uh, how do you anticipate or what do you feel about maybe feedback, friends, family, whoever's going to read this, uh, do actively seek feedback are you interested in it or should the publisher i did this for me and i don't care and i'm happy and i love it and (laughs) do what you want with it i'm scared of feedback (laughs) uh yeah actually i'm mortified at uh uh i'm not sure what my family's gonna say (laughs) um yeah i'm just glad that i'm from a very liberal family because a lot of the relationships in this book are quite liberal minded <laughs> relationships sure. um but it's science fiction it's, it's... <laughs> yeah there's nothing really smutty in there it's just um there's a uh, japanese and a korean lady yes i know <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one yeah <laughs> I, I figure in the future such differences will be they're gonna settle the dokdo uh, <laughs> the dokdo conflict and we're gonna sail off into space as <laughs> sail off into space as one so you're you you're you would be concerned about them reading it and how their perspective of, of you might change maybe or they um I, I might um yeah or they might i i'm actually w- wondering if somebody's gonna read this and and think uh they're psychoanalyzing me. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's, I, I was going to say, like, like you, you know, same with us having people on here. We think we know them or we have friends and then we have them yeah. here and you're like, whoa. <laughs> exactly. Now we got like three exactly. more layers of understanding. Yeah. But it's never, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's ever a, a negative or a bad thing. I mean, this is, you are who you are and this is kind of like a, a passion project. I don't think it, I mean... And it probably doesn't give any anything away that people don't already, already know. know about yeah. Me. yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> but I, any d- concern about students reading? Good question. <laughs> that would be that would be one of my things. Like when I'm out in public or something, and I think, what if my students are here or getting students to volunteer with our organization, and then I'm like, you know, they could easily twist something around and throw it around the university. Or I, I don't know, but maybe that would be one of my concerns. I wouldn't be worried about my family at all, um, but. 
what about for you if the students start reading it? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're warriors, man. They can get some stuff out there in a hurry. Well, first, I would be impressed at their enterprising uh, ability to find it. Yeah. Um, oh, don't put that past them. <laughs> uh, they find a lot crazier stuff. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it would deepen their respect for you that you can you have the the I, ambition to, to bang out a 230 page book i do teach mm. a basics of writing fiction class so yeah you just those got some, students might just find this book right you got some street cred now <laughs> that's awesome just speaking about sorry the psychoanalysis or, or you know of of your work looking back on nirvana kurt cobain died died early and people like to go into his lyrics and be like, oh, it mean this, it mean that, it mean this, it mean that. And I, I, it must have been like a Dave Grohl interview where he's like, man, Kurt just wanted the simplest shit, no real deep meaning. Just He just wanted to make easy music for people to to listen to and, and, and vibe with. And, you know, after his death, people are like, this means this, this means that. And you can psychoanalyze to, to your blue in the face, but in the end, it's, it, it, is, it is what it is. Yeah, but that might be people who are really into it. I think us living as foreigners here, if it gets misconceptualized or... or There's nothing in there that's going to... Yeah. No, no I, don't, I don't mean... I don't mean... But just in general. In general I mean, mm-hmm. my mother-in-law, if she thinks volunteering is weird and it can be for... It can be anything. anything. Sure. Um, the hockey team that I coach, if they, they say, I, they hear I do this or I think I do this, I'm like, whoa, you're thinking too much. Just yeah. relax. Yeah. There's nothing <laughs> nothing weird here. Our teacher's ready to blast off into space. I, one of the things that got me was Chris Edwards sounds pretty generic, mm-hmm. but TCC Edwards sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. What What's with, what's with the TCC? Because I think, ooh, that sounds like a really hey, cool yeah, author. That's, that's my legal name. I'm Thomas Christopher Charles Edwards. Ah, yeah. that is. Oh, I, I assumed it was it was like that. But but why the decision to is is that like a, a is that a tip not a marketing or, a, or um, well, I think it's if you're trying to sell books or get a, a name yeah, out there, this is yeah. way better than yes, Chris exactly, Edwards. Exactly. So you've got it exactly right. Um, yeah. It's basically uh, I I did a Google search on my own name. Chris Edwards, <laughs> yeah. too many results, too yeah. many different people. Right. TCC, TCC Edwards, hmm, okay, this is more promising. Yeah. And was, as soon as I started publishing under TCC Edwards, um, my work started moving up right. the sure. results mm-hmm. on Google. Yeah. Such a small <laughs> thing, but such an important thing. And yeah. we can have huge, mm-hmm. huge impact. <laughs> is that tip of the hat to JRR? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs> I like it. Chris, what what fascinates you most about outer space? Um, this, uh, uh, I think it was, to paraphrase, uh, hey, checkers guide, I'm blanking here. Douglas Adams. Okay. <laughs> okay, to paraphrase Douglas Adams, it's so mind-bogglingly huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, there could be anything out there. Yeah. There could be anything. Yeah. Mm. We were just in Winnipeg with the kids. And mm-hmm. to to look up at the stars after taking an airplane for 20 hours, looking up and seeing the same stars we have mm-hmm. here. And you go, how? Oh, we went so far, but 
it's exactly the same. Nothing changed yet. Like, how far is that? And how big is it? And yeah, it's it's mind-boggling that just the, the sheer vastness. But even even if you zoom out a little bit and you realize how small we are, it's in in some respects, oh, it's so defeating and like, oh, we're nothing. But at the same time, we are we are something. I like it. I remember one along with um apollo 13 we had one math teacher in uh, grade nine who just he got so fed up with our class trying to teach us math no one was listening he's like that's it put your books away i'm going to tell you about quasars and and supernova and this guy explained all about outer space and how big it is and how fast light travels and from that time i was like whoa and it's it's so deeply fascinating to me and anytime you have a uh, what do you call the the mid the life crisis? I'm not at midlife crisis yet, but coming soon. <laughs> Anytime you have you're, you're reflecting on life or whatnot, when you think about those things, the vastness of space, you're just like, wow. This any problem you have here, like Jimmy said this about my book, like it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. No one gives a shit. <laughs> I like I like that. Have you seen? Sorry, uh, in terms of movies again, have you seen the movie? Ad Astra with yes, Brad Pitt. Overall, the movies, eh. I thought, yeah, the, yeah it's, it's kind of meh. But the first thirty minutes, I mean, when they are, I mean, he falls from space or whatever. But when they're so naturally going from, uh, like the same way Nate just took an airplane, he gets on a rocket and's like, oh, I'm going to the moon. And then he goes to the moon, and then they drive to the next space station, like, oh, I'm going to Mars. And it, it's so. It, it made me feel like, oh my god, this is a, totally a possibility in the future. Mm-hmm. There's like yeah. escalators and shit on the moon, and they're just they're just transitioning like an airport, basically. <laughs> and they're trans, and, and it's it, it was very believable. Yeah. It, it was a very believable thing. Do you hope to uh, do you hope in in your lifetime to to take a trip up to uh, up to the moon if it's available and and within? Uh... Um, maybe my kids can go. Yeah, um, I don't know about going myself, but I'd certainly hope my my kids can go to the moon or mm. something like that. And I <clears throat> I hope I'm still kicking around when um, there's a human being standing on the surface of Mars. You yeah. know, you got two thumbs up for Elon Musk. No, no, bad. definitely not. No, no. <laughs> no. You mentioned very liberal, and I didn't know. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, I do not want to endorse. Elon, Elon Musk. Okay, okay. okay sorry. What's uh, what, SpaceX not doing? Uh, not pulling their weight, or what's um, the? No, um, Elon has torn Twitter X into uh, <laughs> terrible. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Hellhole of. <laughs> uh, sure, minus minus X. What about SpaceX? Are they doing? Uh, are, are they anything great that came out of SpaceX wasn't because of him? <laughs> okay, okay. But I mean the the despite company despite him, <laughs> despite him. The, the company in in general though is I think they're they're pushing the the, the company is mostly okay. Hmm. Um, he's holding it back. Oh really? He's holding it back. They need they need to get rid of him. Yeah. yeah. And get somebody better to take over. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, in which way do you say he's holding them back? Because before him and his vision, the space race was kind of dead for decades. There was there was nothing until he came along, and now all of a sudden everybody fired up again. And holy man, we can we can start this up again. Kind of the catalyst for. Yeah, maybe you know, up to a point, he, he had something there, but. 
Um, Is he just, fizzling out like a shitty firecracker? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, do we really need another billionaire who's always been rich? He didn't, you know, he's never been poor. Yeah. He tell he tells people he was poor once. He wasn't. Mm. Um, <laughs> and do we really need somebody that like that leading people into space? I don't, I think we can do better. That's all I'll say. I think we can do better. <laughs> do you think it should be like, are you suggesting it should be like a government run agency as opposed NASA's to... NASA's there. Give them more money. <laughs> if the military can get money to drop bombs on kids, NASA can get money. Come on. Sure, sure, sure. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess there's no question that, that the, the money is there, one form or another. But that's where I give him the credit is that he kind of... Yeah, was the catalyst for this whole movement. And now with the reusable rockets, I mean, he's Save cutting one, yeah. hundreds of billions down to billions or tens of billions. Things that NASA never, ever would have got to and would have needed, you know, I mean, yeah, the, they, they maybe you need print the both. money. Maybe you need both. You need that but kind private, of evil. private venture is, is uh, I mean, okay. essential. I mean, in my book, okay, it is actually a private venture that starts um, – it's just mining asteroids, and that's what kicks off um, uh, a new space colony in a completely different solar system. Mm. Um, so, okay, I'm not anti-private venture. Mm. I just, I, I just think we have to be careful who we give something like the power of Twitter or whatever to. Right. Who who gets that kind of power? We have to be careful. Like who can control the discourse? Sure. We have to be more careful about yeah. <laughs> who has that that level of power. The man with forty four billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but but if if for example you leave it to someone else and, and nothing gets done, and then for example the Chinese, the Russians, who who the Indians, whoever, they end up taking it. With whoever is is funding it privately in their countries, and then all of a sudden you're you know you're in the on the bottom looking up. So, all right, no, that's fine. I, I think just for me looking at you're blowing up, Chris. You just sold ten million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Look looking at it that way, I think I, I'm kind of glad that that's Canada and the states. Uh, well, not Canada and the states, but Canada next to the states, and that we can kind of look. You know, on closely um, as it as it evolves and as it develops, because if it was only in China, mm-hmm. you know, my kids probably wouldn't have much uh, exposure to it. Mm-hmm. You have to really go out and find it. Mm-hmm. But this being in the states, you know, you you can go any month of the year and watch launches, and it, it's close. It's around all the time, and it's in the news. So, but I get what you say about the Twitter part. Sure, no problem. Mm-hmm. Sorry, back to uh, to world building. Base 472, do you uh, do you spend, just sorry, uh, going back to Zach's last interview, he talked about how he writes full character profiles before, you know, before he uh, did his screenplay. He has the full background of the character. He knows them inside and out. Did you go through the same steps in doing, uh, in, in kind of the world building for that? Because, I mean, there's lots of... Lots of technologies, the the gravity gravity plates and stuff like that, like that you've um, that you've introduced. I kind of actually I approached character building a little differently. Mm. Um, uh, I put 
I put the problems that I, I put the obstacles there and decided how my characters could approach them differently. Okay. And then I once I figured out how the character A would solve uh, this problem, mm. anytime I write character A again, I say, okay, that's how we solved this problem last time. Let's try to stay consistent. Okay. Cool. Yeah. What about uh, what about world building? I mean, do you do you have the full idea? Uh, like, is there is there pictures in your head? Like, this is what base four seventy nine looks like. Yes, I, I mean, I know basically. I like I have a picture in my head of what it looks like. Yeah. Um, is is that all written out on paper too? Do you got little sketches and stuff, or is that just? Something? I can't draw worth a darn. <laughs> so uh, no, it's in my head. Cool. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Awesome. What what do you hope readers will take away from this book? It's um, it's short, and I hope it's an easy read. Um, uh, if you get nothing else other than um, my, my biggest hope is that it's accessible for uh, equally accessible to people who do and don't regularly read science fiction, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, also that the journey is as important at least as important as the destination that's the message i think the overall message mm-hmm. cool do you encounter any mm-hmm. uh, any big surprises or unexpected plot developments why you said you had your main three points but with the, in between those did you uh, did you discover some some interesting places to to venture uh, I, I, again, we're, we're asking here to reflect back on ten years of writing. But <laughs> if you uh, was there any any big ones or uh, um, may, sorry, maybe a better question. What's your? Do you have a favorite scene or, or chapter that you uh, that you wrote? I mean, some obviously some are, are more difficult to get through than others. But is there a really memorable one that you're like, ooh, that was is a very cathartic. Uh, um. Yeah, but I I don't want to describe it because it's a huge spoiler. Sure, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Beginning, middle, end. <laughs> it's near the end. It actually gets it's very close to the end. Okay, very mm. nice. But yeah, I found that to connect the the parts, I knew I absolutely knew wanted uh, wanted to be there. Yep. To connect those together, um, uh, I had some surprises as to how. The characters would have to act, or what would have to happen to them, okay, to get from point A to B. Furnace. Can you share any insights into your writing process? I've talked about before. If I need to do something creative, it's I need a big chunk of dark chocolate, a very strong coffee or espresso, and then you know maybe put on some uh, some some lo-fi beats, and then and then I get really into it. What about uh, what about you? Are you locking yourself in a room, earplugs? going away at it or can you or are you in a cafe uh enjoying the the hustle and bustle of the of the Um, of the big city busan it's if it's early early on in the process Mm -hmm. um i get more stressed out okay and i need less caffeine um, (laughs) less stimulation from outside okay so that's when i need to be shut off okay 
Uh, if there's any music at all, it's going to be uh, no lyrics. Of course. And um, probably something like really generic, like uh, the most generic classical music you can okay. possibly imagine. Okay. Something to be completely background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, but then later in the writing process, uh, once I got the idea going, I could be anywhere i could be sitting in the middle of the busiest starbucks on the busiest day and i could still keep going (laughs) how where where do you typically write usually at home home. so do you have a specific spot at home that's for you or do you stay up late till everyone goes to bed or actually it's funny um uh, during the big you know covid (laughs) Uh, thing, uh, yeah, remember that? Um, <laughs> we had converted, uh, so my my bedroom at home has um, had this little veranda, and it wasn't very useful. The space was kind of awkward, and we couldn't really do like much most with verandas, it. yeah, <laughs> we couldn't really do much with it. Um, so we converted it into a mini office, cool. Uh, so the sliding window door that was is still there. Yeah. But now we can close it, and it's almost sound tight. Oh, wow. Um, it's just, it's not heated, so I have to put a heater in there and run it well, whenever three, I'm in uh, there. But <laughs> three, three season veranda, that's okay. <laughs> but anyway, it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> oh, what, cool. what, what does, uh, I'm, you mentioned kids, I'm assuming you're married? Yes, yes. How, how do your wife and children play into this, and... While you're writing, or do you, do you put a sign up or say, "Hey, listen, I'm going away for a couple hours. Leave me alone." Um, do you ask for input? Do you ask for ideas? Do they look over it, read over it? How do, how does family play into the whole process? Mm, most often, I'm writing when there's nobody else around, mm. or late at night. Um, I don't get a lot of I, I don't do a lot of feedback with them. Sometimes, uh, if I need. But if I do need a, a, a female character, a woman, um, that's where my wife often comes in because, uh, you know, sometimes I don't know women very well. Right. <laughs> and she's very helpful with that nice. respect. <laughs> I, I, I hope in the future that, you know, when we, when we go into space, that, that males are equipped with, the, uh, with some sort of antenna that can pick up, the, uh, pick up the, the silent signals that all women are sending that we never seem to get. <laughs> we need the telepathy, uh, <laughs> telepathy horn. Are you, are your children old enough to read this? And if so, what have they or what do they think about your, your writing or even maybe some of the stuff from the anthologies? Um, yeah, they could probably read it now. Um, they haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what they think. <laughs> do you pass along some of your sci-fi? Uh, the love of sci-fi. Yeah, the or... love of sci-fi onto the kids? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, no my, dinner until you finish Star Wars. Three. My girls, my girls play hockey. At <laughs> they didn't have a choice; they just started skating when I. Okay, um, so um, my my older son and I we we go and watch every single MCU movie What's and, MCU? when it comes out in the theater. Marvel. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, Marvel. Mm-hmm. What's MCU? At Marvel Universe. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, right? MCU. Gotcha. So Avengers, Iron Man, whatever. Cool. Doesn't matter. Yeah. We go see it in the theater. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and my younger son, um, anytime there's something 
uh, Pixar animated. He wants to go with me. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so they picked up my interest that way. Right. <laughs> and how about for writing? Do you pass along any writing or encourage them in certain ways or specific ways to <laughs> just viciously edit everything they do? <laughs> um, <laughs> Send it back with all red marks all over. <laughs> not so much. Um, they're they're not really into writing. Um, they they um, most kids aren't these days. <laughs> yeah. The younger kid, he's into he's. He's just getting into coding, and I, I said, "Well, you know, if you want to make a, if you ever want to make a game, you should think about a story that your game could follow." Cool. Yeah. Mm. And if so, if he wants to get serious about coding a game, I would definitely be there. Yeah, to help him. Dad, GPT. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, give me some ideas. <laughs> you know, help help plan you know, an idea. You know, a, a plot. Yeah. To go with your game. Oh, that'd be a <laughs> father-son team. That's pretty cool, dude. That's pretty cool. Is your wife also into sci-fi or? No. No. <laughs> um, I think to get her attention, I'd have to write uh, K-drama. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Alien. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's... Uh... That's interesting. So you've been uh, you have you been in Yangsan the whole time since you come to Korea? Uh, I lived in uh, I lived in downtown Busan for a while, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, mostly Yangsan. At, at some point, I, I think all writers do you eventually hope to transition into a full time writing. Could you see that, or does it work for you? Do, does the balance I would very much like to? Um, yeah, you know and. Keep, I, I'm going to write two more books. Uh, I plan to write two more books in this series. Okay. And so 2046, we're looking at uh, <laughs> looking at the full transition. <laughs> and um, maybe pitch them to Netflix and see what happens. Um. Sure, yeah. That sounds cool. Is, that, is there any kind of rutted path that writers in your position take i mean where you, you have one one published work have other people set the the steps before and and how you should pursue or is everyone kind of have their own yeah their everybody own has their own way um but um everybody will t will um everybody says one thing for sure uh you got to write more than one book and which i will yeah yeah cool you got to have a novel you got to have multiple novels with your name on it before you talk about, you know, TV show, movie, whatever. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Is that, do they, uh, I've thought about kids' books in the past and looked into it, and it's kind of the same, kind of the same thing. They said if you don't have like a, a three book series, no one, no one will even look at it. Is that, is that for the publisher because they want to sell more? They know they yeah. can. Well, and also, uh, they say your second book sells your first book. Okay. Um, it's just uh, because you develop better as a writer or because yeah, that's part of it. And also uh, you think of it, um, uh, you tell your best friend, you know, I read this book by Joe Blow. Yeah. And the first thing they're going to do is Google Joe Blow. Right. Yeah. Um, and if he only has one book, <laughs> that's, yeah. you get that's blocked in Korea. He can't, uh, just <laughs> a flash in the pen. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Ah, interesting. Um, yeah, that's it. I don't how do you envision the the life of a writer? Like I, I think I would 
really romanticize it like yeah you wake up in the morning you know you can you got time to do whatever you want sit down for a couple hours in the afternoon do you think it's more i don't know not not torturous but it could be i mean you see all the horror stories of, of writer's block and uh and kind of the, the the difficult life of a writer do you picture it more as a as a grind or more of uh a very passionate wonderful uh romantic lifestyle oh, i'm right in here right in there it's or, gonna be different from for everybody you sure know? yeah i mean you envision it as like starbucks at work <laughs> yeah or um i often if i romanticize it i'm i'm imagining like um oh, oh what's his name fear, uh, fear and loathing in las vegas um yeah yeah Hunter S. Thompson. Ah, uh, Hunter S. Thompson. It's not so much the drugs part now. It's like yeah. the part that I imagine is, um, <laughs> yeah, he's going from place to place, meeting different people, and then he'd have, for him, it was a typewriter. Yeah. Uh, then these days it would be a laptop. Sure. Yeah. 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 He'd writing, he'd take me sure. writing stuff and just but, writing what. But mescaline at Hayonday <laughs> Beach would be pretty cool too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was. Uh, have you Nate? Have you seen that movie? <laughs> Which one? Fear and Loathing. No. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. But he was, he was out there, and I, he's, uh, he's quote. I think it was him when he talks about just life in general. He said, "I'm not looking to, to when I die at seventy or eighty years old. I don't want like this pristine body." He said he wants his his body to be like an old, like race car. That that's you know his grave is here. He wants to he wants to drive it in when it's smoking and one tire is blowing out. Like he just <laughs> he wants to he wants to really burn the burn the candle at both ends. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about the anthologies and maybe the Busan Writing Group and and what kind of uh, environment you guys have there? Okay, uh, so I I joined the Busan Writing Group in. 2014 or 15? 2014, I think. Yeah. And um, uh, so they were just meeting in a coffee shop in here in Busan. Uh, well, not here. <laughs> I keep thinking I'm in Busan right now. Um, but anyway, um, so they were meeting in Busan. And, um, so we would, uh, they, so it was Michael Gear and Stefan Vial. Um <clears throat> So Stefan Vio is a photographer and poet, and Michael Gear, uh, he's he's a writer. Uh, we had writing meetings, and we had so we played with prompts and uh, play with different ideas. And then I uh, I proposed this idea of why don't we put together an anthology of work, uh, just publish it and see what happens. Um. So uh, we went through that process. Everybody submitted a work, and uh, we edited together. Um, used the uh, Stefan's photography as the cover, mm-hmm. and I went to a book sh- uh, a book printer. Well, uh, just a printer. Printer, yes. Just Insert. a print, print yeah. shop yeah. near Kyungsung, yeah. Kyungsung University in Busan, and I looked at the different options, and we tried a matte cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and a six by nine yep. size, and uh, we just printed like I think at first we printed just twenty copies, sure. and it was about five dollars, maybe four or five dollars each at the time to print. Sure. Um, and then we just uh, sold them to friends and took them to 
um, markets and yeah. stuff like that. What was it? Called? It wasn't Liquid Arts at the time. What was it? Poetry Plus. It was called Poetry Plus at the time. Mm-hmm. With uh, Kenneth May K, yeah. if you know him, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's. If you know anybody in Busan in the Busan poetry and writing scene, That's it's him. probably going to be K. Cool. <laughs> uh, so we went to those events and uh, said, "Hey, would you like to read this?" You know, it was really small at first. Sure. Uh, and then later, I put up everything on Amazon. Hmm. Uh, so I did. I did oh. it with uh, Kindle. Yeah, yeah. That's a good. Uh, it's a. It's a good platform to. <laughs> yeah. And ha- have you had any success on Kindle? Um, do you, Do you get hits here and there? Yeah, like every once in a great while, somebody buys the Kindle. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. Mm-hmm. And then, cool. how did you get into the next few here? The next. Indulges you. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, next next two times we did it, we had a lot more. Members. Or, sorry, Brad. Did you want to go into the story uh, of this one? Yeah. Well, I, I think you had a. Oh yeah. Uh, we, to, usually, you uh, you write science fiction. I think most of the uh, majority of the body of your work is science fiction. Uh, in this anthology, in the first anthology that you published, it was uh, you had a different theme. It was contrasting the uh, the lives of a foreign teacher, <laughs> which is seemingly privileged, versus uh, a girl who is. Uh, somewhat forced into into prostitution. Can you shed a little uh, light on how you came up with the theme, or or? Yeah, at, at the time, um, I, I saw myself as very shy and mm. uh, not very good at talking with women. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might have said I was an incel at the time. <laughs> sure. Um, and this was just working through some of my issues. I yeah. decided to write the story of uh, a woman character would be like totally, totally different than anybody I'd ever meet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, uh, just uh, try to work out how somebody similar to me mm. might deal with that situation. Cool. Um, and... Uh, I was also kind of trying to prove it to myself that um, I had this fear that if I met, you know, a prostitute or whatever, mm. I might, you know, fall hopelessly in love. Sure. But you, you wouldn't be the first. <laughs> uh, I think so there's was, quite a few uh, yeah. well, pretty women. I mean, that's a, a very famous movie. So I, I wrote this to kind of challenge that and force myself to think. Okay, but what if I didn't? What if I came out of that somehow? Interesting. And yeah. Maybe I fall in love, but uh, I have to move on anyway, mm. or don't really fall in love, or something else happens. Interesting. Uh, cool. I, I wanted to try just let's just run the scenario yeah. and see what could actually happen. Awesome. You know, a very interesting thought experiment and exercise <laughs> to, to to work through a, a, a hard patch in life. Good. Awesome, awesome. So and then, how, were you pretty satisfied with that, and how it? Yeah, I thought it came, it came out on. pretty well. Yeah, nice. Mm. And now we move on to the second one. This okay. you were saying there's a lot more people involved. The yeah, writing a lot group more is people growing. Involved yeah. in the second and third. Yeah. Um, so did you spearhead those projects? I guess I yeah I guess I was <laughs> the spearhead. I guess. <laughs> and in the first one, you you're published under. Chris and the second one begins TCC, I believe. I think I was TCC. Were you TCC in the first one too? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, TCC, MA, and SA. 
<laughs> um, Everybody's onto the same thing. <laughs> okay, so with these, both of the one story was a uh, well, it had a science fiction twist on on a kind of real real life fiction, uh, real life ish fiction. Um, so uh, I had a story where um, there was a car accident, and my main character could have. T- could open the right door or the left door of the car in the crash. And whichever door he opens, it's going to be either his mom or his dad who survives the car crash. Oh, God. And he doesn't know that. Oh, okay. okay. He, doesn't have, he doesn't know that. So I split the narrative okay. into two parallel narratives. Okay. One where the mom survives, one where the dad survives. Okay. And I tried to write a parallel story. If you've ever seen a movie called Sliding Doors, okay, same idea. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out. And um, and then at the very end, there's a moment where there's an event that could happen in both timelines, mm-hmm. and the character experiences a kind of deja vu. Oh. And if interesting, some people have said deja vu is when you experience another universe or whatever. Oh, okay, okay, okay. interesting. <laughs> Very. So I decided to bring that idea into the narrative. <laughs> cool. That was a really hard story to write, and I probably wouldn't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And what what is the difference working with just a couple guys here, or a couple guys you're familiar with, as opposed to oh many on the next one? It was. Uh, the editing was much harder. <laughs> I was going to say uh, the who's who's you guys are self editing each other's. Uh... We were editing each other. Yeah, we were looking. Um, so we tried to get everybody involved in the editing process, mm-hmm. and then four of three or four of us at the top, mm-hmm. big quotes on the top, <laughs> um, would do final edits. Okay, cool. Very nice, very nice. And then. Uh, third book i had a goofy superhero story <laughs> which was a lot of fun to write absolutely yeah <laughs> it was really fun uh, who's uh take us through your character development or what's your uh who <laughs> who's the who's the protagonist in your um in your he's a guy he has the power to rewind and redo time okay uh, so Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's his power. Bill Murray. I like it. I like it. A classic. Um, and um, it, it was really fun to write. And um, but I, I kind of fell into a trap because he was he was living in Korea, <laughs> and I don't think he was a teacher. I can't, I can't remember. It's been a while since I wrote. No, he wasn't a teacher, but he was a foreigner living in Korea. Okay, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I kind of saw what trap I was falling in there. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, speaking of heroes, you oh, I can't remember what's the name of the of the captain the captain who takes over in uh, Holloway. 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 Yeah. Does he follow the archetype of the kind of the unwilling hero? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's some like he doesn't. He's not the captain in the beginning, but he he assumes. Yeah, the captain. Yeah. Um, kind of the, the captain's role. Always doubting himself. Always, oh, am I doing the right thing? Right. Yeah, and uh, I, I would. He'd be played by. 
I don't know, Tommy Lee Jones or somebody. Okay. You know, I'm too old for this shit kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. And I, I think, too, the, it seemed like the character struggled maybe with, like, um, uh, an imposter syndrome. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not supposed to be here. What am I yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, in, in your career, have you experienced that as well? Like oh, yeah. when you're when you're writing a book and you're like, oh, I'm not that good. Oh, <laughs> this isn't that good. Do you do you have those feelings as oh, well? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Both as a teacher and as a writer, yeah, for sure. Sure. Um, any any advice for young writers looking to overcome similar feelings um, now that now that you're a published author? I, I have a suspicion that even like Stephen King gets imposter syndrome. Sure. So just, <laughs> just go ahead and write it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, writing, it seems to be just the more, uh, it, it, like any craft, the more you practice, the better you get. And Stephen King is quoted as saying, you'll never be, you know, in order to be a good writer, you have to consume a lot of writing. Too. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. What's if we uh, if we poked our head into your house? What would be on your on your bookshelf? What are you What are you into reading yourself? Okay, um, it's not all output, I assume. Yeah. Let's see. Um, are you a big reader? I've done. I've taken in more audio books lately than okay. reading. Uh, but um, a lot of uh, Heinlein, uh, Asimov, um, Bradbury. Okay. Um, my absolute my absolute favorite is probably um okay so Stephen King writes a series called The Dark Tower. Got him. Which Got the is, whole series, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very different from his usual horror. Yeah. It it there's a bit of horror in it. There's also science fiction. Yep. There's multiple universes. It's it's this incredible mix of genres. It's seven books. <laughs> it's seven yeah. books yeah. long. Yeah. Incredible mix of genres. And uh, it's so inspiring. Because, mm. holy wow, this is just what you can do when you've had all this experience yeah. and trial and error and... Um, and, and paid millions and of dollars you for do doing it. do what you really want with your writing. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just amazing. And that's that uh, <laughs> for him too, I bet that was very, uh, how do you say, very therapeutic not to not <laughs> to box himself into just one, one genre yeah, his, whole, uh, his <laughs> whole career. Fantastic. So moving on to moving on to number uh, anthology number three. I've man, I three four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah three. Three was the goofy superhero. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned. Four were into four is the last one we did as Busan writing group. Okay. Uh, Ryan Estrada's yeah. uh, cartoon. I was chatting. I was chatting with him yesterday. He's sending <laughs> me a couple books from uh, a couple of his books. Okay, called <laughs> Headquarters after HQ. <laughs> yes. Which is a bar in Busan. Yeah, and this, and as far as I've read, the, this is a book based on people's experiences in the bar. It's yeah, right. They're fictional, fictional experience. It, it's all fiction. Yeah, it's not yeah, based yeah, it's on. All okay, fiction, okay, yeah. okay. At the time we were writing this, um, the original HQ mm -hmm. uh, was going to go out of business. Mm -hmm. There, there's another HQ was now. Was that about four or five years ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is right before the pandemic really got started. We were there for the closing party or something. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Oh, is that the pitch? We went to, ah, yeah. okay. That okay. was HQ. Yeah. Okay. And HQ had a boar's head on the wall. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what Ryan Estrada drew yeah. for the cover. <laughs> Wonderful. 
So all these stories um, are centered around uh, the a bar. Mm-hmm. The only thing we asked of everybody is that there's a bar and try to get the boar's head in cool. your story. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I think one person didn't get the boar's head and that was fine. Mm. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, my story this time was um, I the bar is the uh, halfway point between life and death. Interesting. <laughs> it's what the, a concept. Kind of yeah. like Nirvana or no, no, not purgatory. Purgatory. Pur- yeah, yeah. Purgatory. Yeah. I had a bar that was purgatory. Okay. You go there before you move on to whatever's next. Okay. 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 Uh, so I had a story like that. Um, and it was really, really hard to write. Mm-hmm. And again, I probably wouldn't run with that idea again, but it's. <laughs> what, what kind of characters were in your. Uh... Where could be found in HQ <laughs> HQP? <laughs> um, I think my character in that case is I, it just a mix of foreign teachers and, and engineers. No, it wasn't the foreign teacher this time. It was a, um, uh, it was a female character. Mm-hmm. I wanted to try writing as a as a woman this time. Yeah, uh, wanted to challenge myself to that. Yeah, and. So I had I talked to the female members in our group uh, for advice on this, mm-hmm. um, and um, and so she came into ownership of a bar when she was alive, mm-hmm. uh, and then in the afterlife, uh, she finds herself helping uh, other uh, an, another character who's passing from life to death. Okay, okay, cool. And the story is how she helps him. Cool. Move on. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever read the Midnight Library? <laughs> no. Do you know? No. It's uh, mm. or just a male male author um, mm. writing as a female, and I didn't realize that until after the book, and I was like, "Wow, that's that, that's a very interesting uh, path to take, and maybe uh, very challenging for for it an is, author to it is certainly challenging to think yeah. as the as the opposite sex." Mm. Very interesting. So as you as you've progressed through all these anthologies. And recently you said the Busan writing group is kind of dissolved. Do you have hopes for the future of reigniting that Busan writers group? Yeah. Or um, have you moved on to bigger and better things with the... With Ulsan. The, <laughs> Ulsan writing the group. Rules, yeah. Uh, well, I'm a member of Ulsan writing group. Um, I mean, would you be interested in you know leading another anthology in the future? Or sure, are you on to these bigger... Um, projects and that's I'd be willing to be part of right. another anthology. I don't know if I'd want to lead one. Right. Um, if some enterprising young, well, it doesn't have to be young. <laughs> if some enterprising <laughs> author uh, wants to start things up again with the Busan Writing Group, I will hand you the virtual keys to the Busan Writing Group, mm-hmm. and you can run our Facebook. You can. Uh, use our name. You can use our logo. We have a logo. Oh, sweet. You're welcome to use it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you could even publish under it if you want. Yeah. <laughs> why Why do you think uh, the interest has dissipated or, or is it just a different group of people? Now, in Ulsan, the demographics have changed drastically oh, in terms of yeah. educators. Corona probably but, smushed it. But Ulsan has a lot of diverse, maybe people working in different kind of jobs or fields. Here, it's strictly engineers, international students, <laughs> laborers, or teachers. There, uh, there is no bankers, businessmen. There's, <laughs> there's not a lot of that stuff. What, what about in Busan? Has the demographics changed so much and there's just 
I think, or, or just people stop writing, or what happened? I think, um, I think Liquid Arts, uh, the the group that does poetry and music, um, has, they they're already doing like somewhat regular meetings. Yeah, for um, writing. But they don't have kind a, of everything, isn't it? Like yeah, it's the kind poetry of everything. and stuff. Liquid arts. Yeah. yeah, their their work their writing workshops aren't very often. Mm, perhaps an M and A with uh, <laughs> with liquid arts. But um, I think it's well. Part of it is because uh, a lot of the people moved to other countries um, and COVID. Sure. Corona, um, and it's been hard to get. Um, any traction people who can commit to a certain day of the week or whatever Um, and I don't I don't really want to be the leader of the Busan writing group right now Um, Mm. I've got my I've got a book I've got got to write sequels to this thing too (laughs) Um, but I will happily be a part of it if somebody else takes the reins I would that would be the best outcome for me for any uh, anyone who's on the fence about joining a, a writer's group, what are some of the benefits that uh, that you can get by joining it? Um, it's just meeting like-minded meeting readers and, and writers. Uh, you get people to talk to. Developing get, a network. Developing a network. Hmm. Um, what, what is? Can you take us through like what is a writer's meeting? Are you meeting like? Do you guys just meet for? Co- you guys order coffee and like. All right, I'm going to do my thing for an hour. You're going to do your thing for an hour, or is there? Are okay. you doing writing? Uh, well, giving, tutorials or something like what's the with the old song group? Here's yep. what we do. Um, we usually start with okay. So every day we wanted everybody to read this um, famous short story that was published whenever, like. Uh, might be, for example, the lottery, which is a famous short story, or uh, might be something by Ray Bradbury. Might be something uh, a fi- piece of fiction that got into the New York Times. Uh, no, or um, was the New Yorker? Sorry, the New Yorker. The New, sure. New Yorker. Um, anyway, it'd be a published. Read something published. Talk about it. That's mm. the first order of business. Second order would be, okay, he, last time we gave everybody a writing prompt. Did you write something about it? Okay, what did you write? Tell me about it. Even if you're not finished, doesn't matter. What did you write? Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> and then um, we do a writing exercise. Like last time we did, um, okay, here's a, here's a newspaper. Um, take this news story. Circle 10 words in this news story. Yeah. Those 10 words will be part of your story that you write somehow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Within within the con- within the class? Yeah, and then you try to write your little short story. Oh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh, mm-hmm. kind of brain brain exercise, yeah. pre- mm-hmm. mental jumping jacks with, uh, with mm-hmm. the team. Very nice. Mm-hmm. How I'm curious a little bit about the – you said you teach a, a fiction writing class at the university? Oh yes, yes I did. Um, it, yeah, maybe. How do you incorporate your writing background or experiences, okay. and uh, what is it like? I mean, like we said, these day and age with with GPT and everything else, there's not a lot of mm-hmm. seemingly not a lot of writers out there, or people looking forward to writing. Or yeah. I'm trying to get my kids on the old diaries a couple times a week, but man, mm-hmm. it's 
It's, it's not easy. It's hard. So when you teach a class like that, what is the vibe? What is it like? The way I do it is um, uh, I, I spend each week of the class writing, uh, getting them to write a story element, focusing on a story element. Like this week we're talking about characters. We're going to make a character. What's your character like? And then next week we're going to do settings. Let's make some settings. World building. Let's describe the settings. And then I had a week, a one week is POV. Let's talk about how is it different writing in the first person versus the third person? Right. Mm. And, and then if you really want to use the second person, you can, but people are going to think you're strange. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Are the, are the responses and the work that you get there? I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way to do it, but is there some surprising stuff or wow, the, are, do you have mostly international students or Korean students? It's a mix. <laughs> Um, so is there there must be some major differences between international and Koreans or is it fairly similar or any is it surprising or okay with the international students the biggest surprise is um, uh, a lot of them have already done some kind of writing and uh, <laughs> uh, some of them have even been uh, into they've gotten into uh, fan fiction. They found parts of the internet where fan fiction is popular. And yes, that includes that mm. kind of fan, fan fiction. fiction. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the same page. I mean? Okay, okay. Yeah. I got it. Okay, okay. You yeah. know, Kirk and Spock. What were they doing behind the scene? That kind of fan fiction. Ah, interesting. <laughs> huh. That's funny. Do they submit work like that? Um, I, I've had students say that yes, they wrote and submitted like um, slash fiction. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, on these websites where one can do that. Oh, interesting. <laughs> huh. Very interesting. Uh, do you do uh, the heroes? Uh, is the hero's journey part of your uh, part of your class? Um, I tell them about the hero's journey, mm. um, but this course is so. It's so basic. I just um, and we're writing. The goal is to just write a short story. Mm -hmm. uh, so we don't go very far into like hero's journey and stuff like that. Okay. It's mostly just um, I yeah, just more and more see, elements than yeah. I just want to see you put together a setting, a character in the setting, a problem, and some kind of resolution. Cool. Have most of them spent time writing in English before, or yeah, is most, most of their writing in their native language? Yeah, um, most of them, most of the students have written something in English. In fact, I say that in the prereq. I say that as a prerequisite right. of the course. You should have some. You should have written, even if you, it's just an essay. Right. You should have written something, something yeah. in English before. Right. Yeah. Very <laughs> nice. What other, what other kind of courses are you teaching at the university? Any other related to writing or no? Uh, nothing else related to writing. Uh, of course, English conversation. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like every uh, native teacher at my university, I got to teach that. Uh, <laughs> I do have a an, an interesting um, one that I, I made uh, aside from the writing course. Uh, there's a 
academic study skills course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made that and I love teaching it. Mm. Um, it's really cool because I can do stuff like, oh, okay, here's what we do about stress. This week, <laughs> this week we talk about note taking. Yeah. This week we talk about you know no, note taking. Wow, is there still note taking? Yeah. Oh I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen a kid in class take notes oh, in about ten do. years. They definitely do. <laughs> oh, well, cool. Pen and paper, even. Yeah. I, I remember sitting in uni taking notes the whole time and going, mm. "Man, these guys got it easy. They just sit here. There's no notes or anything." <laughs> oh, interesting. Have you ever How, have you ever thought about putting that online as like a <laughs> Coursera or? That's where most of it came from. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, pay, just paying homage to the to the powers that be. Where where do you see, or how do you see technology playing into the the writing of the future? Here, we, we've come up a few times. Now, writing is not particularly uh, something that a lot of the young kids are interested in, whether that's elementary or or middle high school. Um, where do you see maybe maybe GPT and some of this AI stuff uh, and, and the future of writing or sci-fi? I think we're definitely – there's going to be this period where it gets really, really bad is probably going to continue for a while. Um, but I do think people will eventually get sick of uh, picking up a book or whatever and seeing, oh, this, this looks like it was written by a robot. Mm. Yeah. I, I think people are going to get sick of that. And and I think people will be able to tell. And I think in the future, us teachers will be teaching, you know, literacy in the way that here's how you tell what was written by a robot and what was written by a human. Mm. I think we'll have that kind of literacy course in the future. Yeah. <laughs> I, think- I, I wonder how hard or easy it'll be to decipher because <laughs> the, with the more training of, of the algorithm and stuff and the more and more, I mean, it... <laughs> I, I, yeah, I wonder now. I think to most people now, they don't have a filter. Yeah, the, the young they just they have no idea what they see is fake or mm. and, and I, I have an uh, mm-hmm. I do a course in AI, and I think ha- half the students don't even know that the people they're following are fake or that they're chatbots here and robots here. Yeah, and I think, oh my god, like when is it gonna? How are we gonna <laughs> get the next next generation to come backwards to say like, <laughs> okay, don't believe anything you see and let's go back to square one. Two two thoughts on the first, like even as a f- English first language, mm-hmm. it's hard to decipher sometimes what's real, what's not. <laughs> Doing that in a second language probably impossible. Mm-hmm. Second, in terms of um, will AI take over writing or whatnot? Like, I think maybe we should be pitching writing to kids not as like a career or like this mm-hmm. this can propel you to make millions of dollars you could be the next stephen king but more as like a practice or a meditation that yeah. that you could um that that, ha- that helps you like you said work work through a problem or See, express yourself or something like that yeah this is and i mean this is a little dense for mm. the content of this podcast i know but mm. uh this episode but um you see, this is where we need UBI, you know? This is where we need a basic income for everybody mm. so that, you know, I could I could write far-flung mm. or whatever I want to write, and I don't have to worry about money, mm. and I can just be creative. Mm. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if a robot is writing something and it, it gets popular. Not really, because mm. I it, it doesn't if, – if I have UBI or whatever – 
I I'm not gonna starve to death or whatever, you mm. know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't throw everything on the back burner and just focus on this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. But I, yeah. Mm. UBI is something I thought about too. We we, <laughs> we can go into that if you want. But do you think mm. I don't know. Mm. It oh, it's a good mm. it's good in theory, but do you think going down I, I mean I'd love to have an extra couple grand in my pocket to stay at home and, and, yeah, yeah, and, and paint uh, paint landscapes but do you think at some point people you you need that incentive to get out of the house and i mean lo- looking how people went through the pandemic in canada anyways everyone got hand loads of money or a couple grand a month or whatever for a couple years i don't know if we were any better off after after doing that i don't know how if people used I don't know. I haven't thought about this. If people use that time wisely, or if they knew it was going to come to an end, so maybe they I'll maybe tell they you approached right now it. it wasn't used wisely. They, yeah. they, I just they witnessed didn't. it for a month. Yeah. yeah, it was 100% not used wisely. Mm. All we have now is but, you know an extra how many hundred millions billions in the in the economy that is fake money that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't there before the <laughs> pandemic, and it's going to have a major. But impact maybe on maybe if it's forward. reframed, people and people know. It's not. Uh, it's not a finite. Mm-hmm. It's not a finite paycheck. It's going to go on forever. Maybe they would approach it differently, but I don't know. Well, and, if your UBI is the minimal to get by, mm-hmm. you got a choice: take but, that and do nothing and live the basic life, or take yeah. that and do something else to improve your life. Yes, yes exactly. It's, yeah. It can't replace. Yeah. Your salary. It should well, be to keep you afloat. Yes. And yes. and you better be inspired to do more. Otherwise, you're just going to be the. You know, living. Okay, one one question: If the government gave out all that, uh, I haven't thought through this, but if the government just gives everyone whatever two grand a month, doesn't the price of everything just go up? Because people know that everyone just has an extra two grand a month. Doesn't the doesn't inflation play into some of that? And then your shit's just going to be more expensive. You're going to end up working anyways, and then you're going to need some form of government to regulate, like increases in prices or something and then you're just end up okay, you're well, just chasing your tail yeah but you can tax the tax the billionaires first of all mm. that's where you get the money from your buddy your buddy Ellen <laughs> Elon uh, <laughs> Mr. Right. Musk we, we're world. gonna pass a new bill called that, the fucking mm. stick it to Elon yeah. <laughs> yeah that's where you get the money from you tax the ever-loving fuck out of the billionaires. Hold on, though. If you take all his money away, he's not going to build the rockets <laughs> to get to space. Right? That's. I think that would be the... I don't know. There's no... Yeah, there's real... No... Uh, I'm glad it's not my job to, to decide and, <laughs> yeah, okay, and, and yeah. make decisions on all this stuff. I, I'll just say this. We've gone the wrong way with AI. Why is AI writing stories and drawing pictures? Why isn't it... Yeah, doing taxes or, um, <laughs> you know, crappy math stuff that humans are bad at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but it's it's the it's what the people want, right? I mean, we're using. <laughs> we're using I, I think it's just the easiest mm. applications for it for the general person at, at the start, and it, it, mm. there's definitely many more more complex uses for it. And, have you seen and, the Have you seen the video stuff? 
Yeah. Have you seen the video? You stuff? can't keep up. It changes every single week. You yeah. just can't keep up. It's. It, I saw one. The guy it's typed exhausting in. trying to figure out what's current and what's. <laughs> I saw one. The guy typed in like, whatever, two Labrador retrievers eating birthday cake on a mountain, and went. And in two seconds, yeah. there was like a thirty-second video of yeah. two two Labradors eating a birthday cake on a mountain. Yeah, You're like, wild. holy shit! <laughs> and, and there are. I mean, if you if you really look, I, I think it was that one. Like. The the flame on the candle was a little bit strange, but I mean, if you're if you're scrolling through something, you're not going to catch mm-hmm. any of that. Wild, mm-hmm. wild, well, wild. Just wait. This is still just the the beginning. I mean, GPT came out last November. Yeah. So we've been just over a year, <laughs> and it's grown exponentially. I mean, it's just bonkers how much stuff has come out in the last. Deep face to my months. favorite watching uh, <laughs> watching Kim Jong Un sing. Uh, Give peace a chance, or I can't remember what. Uh, we are the world. We are the world. <laughs> well, just wait. This election is going to have a, a, a lot of that in it as well, and oh, I think it's going to play a major role. I, I, I'm still not convinced the Trump shoes aren't some AI thing. <laughs> <laughs> the Trump shoes are beauties. The Trump shoes. He came yeah. like first president to come up with his own shoe line. He has like, his own he's shoe like, line. He's got like three or four. He's got like three or four different style versions or styles but they look like uh, converse high tops one of them with a big t yeah and a gold 43 on spray it. painted gold yeah <laughs> oh my god oh sp- speaking of shoes i mean the super bowl wasn't so long ago but this week in class we're looking at some of the super bowl commercials and kanye west possibly the best commercial do you see his commercial i mean you, you pay seven million dollars for for a 30 second slot mm-hmm. and every other commercial has like you know, very high production quality superstars in it. Kanye West, I I swear to God, he look he's in his car. I think yeah. on his camera phone, shitty lighting. He's like, uh, yeah, uh, go to my website, easy dot com. Uh, I got shoes. Uh, that that's it. Paid seven million dollars, and then they they analyzed his. Uh, sold, I think his, his sales sold after five hundred million dollars. Or no, I think it was twenty twenty million in the in the next twenty four hours. <laughs> that's why. <wild>. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he, it's that's not a no one. That's not a nobody doing something. He's <clears throat> probably simply reminded everyone I'm selling shoes, and uh, and go have a look. But wild times, Chris. What's the next big uh, big thing we can expect from you? Are we do we have to? How long do we got to wait for the next book? Ah, not eight years, I hope. Um, <laughs> Listen, I want something by the end of March. Do you have a timeline for that or when you hope to get started? or Actually, I do have a rough timeline. Um, so uh, I'm thinking 2026. 2026. Cool. Like, uh, Starting or finishing? Uh, to get the next book out. So. Oh, wow. Um, Better get going. <laughs> yeah. Um I won't promise anything. ChatGPT no seven is going to be no out promises. next year. <laughs> what What have you learned from this book that will make the next one so much easier, <laughs> or not easier? easier. <laughs> so much easier. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I I've learned that uh, I've learned many ways not to write. <laughs> okay. yeah. I've learned many yeah. ways how not to write. Right. I'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, make a mistake once, don't do it again. There you go. Uh, that's awesome well anything else you want to you want to plug you want to add um, do you have a website or anything or where uh, the book's available or okay well the book uh, we can send us the links after yeah, we can, yeah. We can put it up. Uh, and um, my website is my my substack tccedwards.substack.com 
Okay, cool. That's the best place to find out about my writing works. Very nice. Very good. Well, Chris, listen, man. Thanks. Uh, well, thanks, Zach, for for introducing us. It was wonderful to uh, to hear your story, pick your brain a little bit about your upcoming book. It was uh, I, I really enjoyed reading. Thank you so much for for sending it over. Uh, really looking forward to number two. I'm sad I have to wait to 2026, but <laughs> if you want to send me a little uh, a little snippet earlier, I'd be happy to to read and. and critique the hell out of it for you for sure. thanks. <laughs> thanks thanks so much th- thanks for coming down all the way from Yangsan. best of luck going forward for you the family the teaching and everything are you gonna vote uh vote for musk in uh 20 <laughs> 2028 well i'm not american <laughs> i'm canadian so uh we got our own elections <laughs> no doubt anyways uh, thanks for having me <laughs> awesome thanks so much for coming everyone thank you for listening and goodbye